With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The pregame power-up rolls on. Great job with the sweat this morning. Now it's time for the Lombardi line here on VEASAN and DraftKings Network. Brent Musburger's countdown to kickoff coming up after us. No better way to get you set for an NFL Sunday, which, by the way, already underway overseas in Germany. Willkommen, guten Morgen, schönen NFL Zontag. That's welcome. Good morning. Happy NFL Sunday, Michael Lombardi. I'm in the spirit. Love it. I'm in I the spirit. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, Stormy. That was well. Well done. I mean, I, you oh, know, thank you. I never, I've never usually when Springsteen plays over there, you know, he usually opens up with something like that in whatever language or whatever country he's in. So pretty impressive, Stormy. Pretty impressive. I wouldn't thank be able you, to sir. do it. I can't pronounce English, let alone go to German. <laughs> I'm putting my Google Translate to use here. The only other German I knew was from Anchorman and San Diego is not German for a whale's anything. I just want to put that out there. But we have a great game already underway. Like I said, out there in Germany, Patrick Mahomes was seeing red on his opening drive to put him up 7-0. Rasheed Rice cashes that first touchdown score 11-1. to Live line right now, Casey Lane 3.5, total 50.5. That was the pregame total, but Kansas City up 7-0 right now, Michael. Well, that, that first drive was told us right now, Mahomes doesn't have the flu. They came yep. out, drive starter, first play of the game, moved the pocket, did some really good things. The second drive, Vic tried to play cover two. They ran the ball effectively against it, and then they got away from it. They had a bad second down call, and then they had a punt. So, look, look, they've already sacked two at once, so they've gotten a little bit of pressure. I think, you know, when you see Waddles, when they ran the reverse to Waddle, they're basically saying, hey, he's healthy now because he got hurt earlier. And, you know, this is going to be a back-and-forth fourth-quarter game. I don't think anybody's going to extend themselves away from it. What I found fascinating, Stormy, this morning was the books, the, the, the money that came in on Miami. And it moved this line to where Miami became the favorite, which is unbelievable that people would bet against Mahomes in a tight game. Yeah, Michael, and I, I i told you before the show, I have a Kansas City Moneyline ticket that I'll be sweating out today, but I really like the Chiefs in this spot, not only thinking of the bounce back from the worst performance of the season by far from them last week against the Broncos, so bounce back spot and also taking out on Miami Dolphins team that hasn't proven that they can beat good teams yet. Yes, they take care of business against the teams that they're supposed to, but they don't have any wins over opponents that are currently over 500, and I just felt like in this spot, Kansas City was the way to go, so this is a game that we're going to monitor. Uh, Miami with the football right now facing a third and nine. And so we'll continue to keep you updated as this game goes on. But we have an interesting NFL Sunday overall here today, Michael, because what are yeah. we going to do with the backup quarterbacks that are in action all across the league? How will the Raiders show up in their first game since firing Josh McDaniels? And who do you trust more in some of these marquee matchups? We have one going on right now, but we also have obviously Eagles, Cowboys, Bengals, Bills later. A really interesting slate today. Yeah, and, you know, Seattle-Baltimore is an interesting yeah. one where Seattle all of a sudden, you know, Baltimore, Seattle's getting played, but the number's going towards Baltimore. There's so many of these reverse line movement games. We've seen it here with this game, right? There was very little money coming in on Miami until this morning, and then all of a sudden it moved the line. Seattle's up to six-and-a-half-point yeah. dog on the road. That's a lot, right? The Jets seem to be the most popular pick by everybody out there for Monday night. And, and then the Cincinnati-Bengal-Buffalo. Everybody's playing – 
Buffalo, but the Lions moving to Cincinnati. So, the, and every window has a great game. Dallas and Philly is the only line to me that stayed absolutely the same and it hasn't moved. It's been pretty, it's consistent all week because I think there's been action on both sides. And we didn't even mention the Cleveland spread with Deshaun Watson going to start today. That oh one, my. I was stunned at how much that line shot up because it's mostly sitting around eight, eight and a half, as high as 13 and a half where I'm at at circa 12 and a half consensus now. Yeah, I, I thought I just was I'm, I'm a play behind you. So excuse me. I was peeking over <laughs> here to see it anyway. Anyway, you know, to me. It, it was seven and a half when we thought maybe it might be P.J. Walker. But for this to get to 13 yeah. or 12 and a half, now Clayton Toon has a lot to do with it. And the fact that there is no chance that Kyler Murray can come in and play. I mean, you're going against a team that doesn't put any pressure on the passer, that has a hard time running the football because they don't have James Conner in the game. I mean, this is a tough sledding. It's really hard for them to think they're going to go in here and win this game, and there was no way. I watched the video of Kyler Murray. There's no way they're putting him on the field. I don't know if he's going to be ready next week the way he was moving around. So for me, I was just... I wasn't surprised. What I was surprised, the line stayed at seven and a half until Friday. I would did Russo on Friday morning, right? And they send me the lines. They they send me the DraftKings lines uh, before we do our bets at five o'clock. They send them usually around one o'clock. It was seven and a half at one o'clock. By the time I'm ready to do the show, it's ten and a half. And I said to them, I said, how can you play that? It's not fair. Like, well, you know, that's what's on the sheet. Okay. I said, well, <laughs> uh, okay, I'll make Bengals plus eight. I'll put that on the sheet too. How do you like that? You know, but it just shot way up. And, you know, a lot of it like is Deshaun really better than P.J. Walker? Is he? I think he's better than P.J. Walker. I don't think he's that many points better than P.J. Walker. I thought yeah, that that's what I don't understand. Exactly. So my thought was, OK, let's say Deshaun Watson's going to start. Maybe this thing goes up to 10, but. 13 and a half, like I said, 13 and a half here at Circa. I know it's largely 12 and a half, but it's taking that much money here to move that number from as low as seven and a half to as high as 13 and a half is absurd to me with Deshaun Watson and the way that we have seen him perform to like, at least to the extent that we have this season. So Deshaun Watson's going to start there. Clayton tune on the other side. We also have in Minnesota, Jaron Hall, the rookie out of BYU, who is going to start for Taylor Heineke in for Des Desmond Ritter, who's been benched this week. Also no Drake London to throw to in that game. He's ruled out with a groin Matt Stafford, not likely to play against the Packers today. Sean McVay, called him officially a game time decision, but all of the insiders are saying he's not going to go with the thumb. So Brett Rippon in line to start there, his backup dresser win rookie out of UT Martin. So fun, fun there. Uh, Daniel Jones will start here in Vegas. He'll take on Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Jones, unfortunately will not have his star tight end Darren Waller either. Other names to be aware of Texans running back. Damien Pierce is going to be out against the bucks. Curtis Samuel out for the commanders. And they obviously without Montez sweat and chase young being traded away as well so there is a lot of moving parts on today's week nine nfl slate michael and generally speaking what did you think of the lineup today because i think that there are intriguing games from a viewer standpoint and we're going to learn a lot about teams moving forward here in this back half of the season but from a betting perspective i feel like there were great teaser options but not great spread yeah. bets i really really struggled looking at this card saying oh wow like i really feel confident in this play <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even with Heineke in Atlanta, right? That line went down to three and a half. It shot up. To, it was at four, went to four and a half. Then it comes back down. Now there's three and a half sprinkled all over the market. I mean, and he's playing against Hall, Heineke, right? Yep. And then you've got Brett Rippon starting. That line stayed three all week. Now it's moved to four. But, you know, how does that – how do you not take that – how do you not take the Packers with Brett Rippon, who then the backup quarterback – how about the Giants? If Daniel Jones gets hurt, we got another Tommy DeVito game. Ugh. I mean, we got another Tommy DeVito game. I, I don't know how that works either. So, look, I, th this has kind of been all over the place in terms of the backup quarterback. How about the New Orleans line? New Orleans up to nine – how are New Orleans nine-and-a-half points favorite over anyone? That over anyone. That game opened six, stayed seven and a half, eight, now all the way up to nine and a half. I am stunned at the movement on that game. Stunned. Like, yeah, I know me, that. Me I, too. I know the Bears are coming off, obviously, like a bad performance on Sunday night against the Chargers. They did not look good. And Tyson Bajant did not look good. But the Saints had like 
one good performance. I don't know how we're just like putting aside what we've seen offensively from them largely throughout the course of the season because of one good game last week. I mean, they got, I know they had 511 yards. I get it, right? I mean, they looked really good last week. But to me, how do you, how all of a sudden do you just all, not now, I know Chicago, you know, they signed Montez Sweat. I know everybody's excited about that because I said they wouldn't be able to sign him. Well, when you're overpaying like they did, you're going to be able to sign him. I mean, now he's up into TJ Watt numbers. Think about that on a four year deal, (laughs) just a four year deal. And then over, oh, I don't know what the guarantees, but the numbers that were indicated in the guarantees, like this is almost an 80% guaranteed contract. You're going to sign a guy when you're willing to do that. We'll see if he can match those numbers. But to me, I know Chicago's playing with a, uh, you know, with a rookie quarterback, but their defense has gotten healthier through the week. And when is Carr going to dominate as a favorite? I mean, I don't understand why. What, what I'm interested about to, this today is there's been no buyback on some of these teams yeah. other than the Cleveland game. That's been the buyback. That's been the only one that's been buyback. Yeah, for Saints, like I think they win. I feel fairly confident that they're going to win this game against Chicago, but covering nine and a half is a different animal. Like you're telling me this is going to be a two-score game? I'm I'm not so sure that I can get there. And yeah, you talk about the contract with Montez Sweat. Four-year, $98 million extension in new money. And you know that the agent in this in this situation just had all the leverage like my guy's not coming to you leaving his situation in commanders where he's on a terrible team to go to another terrible team unless you're getting my guy paid and that's what happened you know and that's what i said all along like look to me if you're going to overpay why don't you overpay in march why would you overpay today that, that's what my whole point about it's been. I love how people send me all these tweets about, oh, you're an idiot. He signed. You know, the NFL is about the contract and it's about the player. Look, I think Sweat, and I've said this, is a good player. But to give up a high second round pick and then pay him when you could have had him this contract in free agency, it makes no sense. And I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that. It is not good team building. I'll, I, I'll, I'll take that one all the way down. You all, the people that think they know, they don't know. Because this is, look, the agent had all the leverage and he made all the, and he made it. And Montez Sweat, obviously we know he has a lot of talent, but the production hasn't matched that to this point in his career. So to be paid like that, uh, pretty stunning. I think the number and for this Washington Commanders team, they not only move on from Montez Sweat, but obviously Chase Young as well, traded to the San Francisco 49ers. So a defense that is already bad gets a little bit worse. They're getting points against the Patriots this week, which is, you know, Patriots being favored, not something that you typically hear at least this season. So we're going to not the way they played. Exactly. Not the way they played. Oh my gosh. Not the way they played. We'll dive into that game and plenty more next at the end of the show today. We'll also get Michael's official play Great action in week nine. You're not going to want to miss any of it. We're going through every single game. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. There is no better time of year to be a sports better. Only VSEN Pro subscribers, though, get all the tools to prep for the college and pro games every single week. Sign up today. You'll get access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VSEN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits showing you where the money and bets are moving for each game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up now and get full VSEN Pro access to everything we do now through May 1st for only $120. Don't miss out, though. It's a limited time offer. VSEN.com slash subscribe is how you can sign up. And to wrap up some of our thoughts, Michael, quickly on that Saints-Bears game as the spread has ticked up to nine and a half, which I know stunning for all with the Saints favored by that many points in this spot. Derek Carr, 5-18 and 18 ATS in his career, laying three and a half points or more, 19-34-2 and two ATS as a favorite for his career, the worst mark of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era with 50 or more starts. So your thoughts on not trusting the Saints and Derek Carr specifically as a favorite are definitely on with what the numbers have told us yeah i mean look it's not that complicated and when is when has this team become such a great offensive team in terms of being consistent right i mean like that's the thing that i i doubt like are they going to be able to be consistent to be able to add to it and look i'm not in love with chicago's team by no means with a rookie quarterback but the kids not you know they're going to have to run the ball their defense has played at a higher level. I mean, they're hard to run the football on. And one thing we do know about the Saints offense, they excel when they have to run the ball. And I mean, when they don't run the ball, it's very difficult. So to me, I I think this is one of those games where I think the Saints are obviously going to win. But typically the Saints are, 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 you know, the first time they went over was last week. I mean, they've been they've had 12 straight unders when you look at them. And even though they got 511 yards, I mean, last week against the Colts, I mean, that's not typically what they do. So for me, I think it's it's going to be ugly. I probably won't have it on the YouTuber, but I, I can't see how you take the Colts, either how you take the Saints, either you take the Bears or go home. Yep. And, and for some people that maybe you're into paying the tax for a seven point teaser, you can get that nine and a half down to under the three. And so maybe that's the way that you want to approach this game if you like the Saints and keep that in the mix. But yeah, I expect them to win. Winning at margin is asking a lot. And Tyson Bajan now credit like three weeks now that he's going to have first team reps and opportunity to figure things out, have the game plan worked a little bit more around him. So I think he should at least improve enough and has a good defense to support him. Now we talked about Montez Sweat, obviously traded from the Washington Commanders. Commanders taking on the Patriots today. Pat's laying three in this spot. Total 41. They opened as a one point favorite, but we've seen that move since the Commanders started offloading some of their key pieces on defense. I do expect Mac Jones and company to be able to move the ball on that defense, but Washington's offense, despite how just wrecked from a sack perspective, Sam Howell has been like, they've been putting up points. Yeah, they have. And and they've been able to control the football. They don't even try to run it. They throw it. And the Patriots, the games where they've played from in front, they won. They beat the Jets when they got ahead. They beat Buffalo when they got ahead. Now they got behind, but they came back in the game. This is a game that's that really is going to be determined by who plays the most defense. New England has played 108 more plays so far this year than their offense, right? And so they've allowed, and yet they've only allowed 157 first downs. That's that's less than 20 per game. But the problem with the Patriots is they've only scored 69 points through three quarters, right? So when they enter the fourth quarter, they're down 9.3 points. 
you know, and so that's really hard for them to do, and they don't make any explosive plays in the passing game. If they can't throw the ball effectively today against a very poor Washington secondary, then it's going to be really bad, and it's going to be really bad. Now, Washington has, has lost five of the last six games, and they've given up 179 points with this defense, and the lowest, the lowest yardage per game in the last five, Stormy, has been against that vaulted New York Giants offensive attack where they actually gave up 356 yards to them. And when the Patriots gain over 350 yards, they've won so far this year. So I think this is a game, whoever gets the 360 yards wins. I think it's a back and forth. But New England's defense is actually playing pretty good. They just play way too much. Yeah, and I think what you said at the top of that breakdown about the Patriots needing to get out ahead early is going to be really, really key for them. Cause we've seen like when they're able to get that opening drive touchdown or score early, it's a different mentality that they're able to play with throughout the rest of the game. Uh, Patriots are however, two and six ATS this season. Um, also oh and four outside of the division this year, negative 90 point d- differential on the season. It has not been great, but neither has it for the commanders. And so I, one kind of bigger picture question I have for you about Washington is obviously new ownership. Josh Harris, is going to be moving on from Ron Rivera after the season, at least. But does it happen earlier? Do you give Eric Bieniemy a tryout at some point this season if things continue to fall back? You know, I, I don't know how you do that, really, because I know everybody's going to want to do that. But when you watch them on offense, yeah, they throw the ball. Do they really help themselves win the game? You know, he takes such great pride in not having to th- not having to run the ball when actually they're one of the better. They're 12th in the league in yards per attempt rushing. The problem is they're 32nd in rushing attempts. Right. So they don't even try to run the ball and they put the ball in a rookie quarterback's hands. And they're very fortunate that he hasn't turned the ball over. He has done a nice job protecting the football other than the Buffalo game where they had five turnovers. They've done a nice job. I don't get the sense that Harris will do that. Now, he's got New England and Seattle on the road. Then he comes back against the Giants. He's got the Cowboys and Miami before the bye. You know, can how many of those games can they win? They certainly can win this one. They could beat the Giants. But I can't imagine them winning more than two games here. So maybe on the bye week with four games to go, he gives Biennemi a chance and see what happens. But to me, this program isn't tightly wound to endure any changes. Three and five through eight games that preseason win total remains the same at six and a half where things sit right now for the season speaking of six and a half that is the spread in the raven seattle seahawks game total 44 this reopened last sunday at five ticked up to six most of the week and now continues to see ravens money and one of the more underrated matchups of the day as we referenced there in the opening segment ravens have looked awesome we've had some mvp caliber performances from lamar jackson it's amazing what happens when receivers hang on to the ball michael but they are at home i have the ravens in a teaser leg today just need them to win when I tease down the 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 six and a half there just to the half a point so what do you make of this game and do the Ravens continue to roll this game's really about the first quarter stormy it really is I mean and I think winning in-game betting you got to take a look at a couple factors a Lamar is sensational against NFC teams right I think he's 16 and one 17 now, he and one cover this yeah 17 and one, but he doesn't cover the spread. He he just wins straight up. He's 24 and nine straight up, 12 and 21 as a home favorite. So he's really good playing at home as a straight up winner. And when he is when when he's playing the NFC, he's dynamic. But this game's about the first quarter, right? So it's the the Ravens have outscored their opponents 62 to 13 in the first quarter. The Patriots haven't scored 62 points in three quarters. Right. And what do I always talk about all the time? I mean, you've got to be able to play less defense to be good on defense in the NFL. That's where Seattle's had a really good opportunity this year. They they offense controls the ball for over 32 minutes and their defense does isn't on the field all the time. So for me, this is about who starts the game fast and. Lamar's got to protect the football. He's got five fumbles in eight games, now, and he's just thrown three picks. So I think that's going to be the key. He's got to protect the football, and Geno has to play better than he has. I mean, Geno's got to play better than he has played over in the last couple couple weeks. He's got to be more accurate with the football. Metcalf's healthy. They should be better. But this Ravens team defensively, they're pretty They're good. I mean, they only give up. Very little, you know, when you look at their splits, they're five, five yards per play. They only allow 4.2. 
Yeah, and speaking of, of Geno Smith, five interceptions the last three games, so he needs to take care of the football, too, against this this defense for Baltimore that number one in the league in points allowed per game, 15.1, number two in the league total yards allowed, number three against the pass, so he's going to have his work cut out for them. And then you talk about Seattle's defense, Michael, and so, yes, they have looked good, and I know they've been good against the run, add Leonard Williams now to their situation, but I keep on looking at the teams that they've played, Panthers, Giants and Daniel Jones, Cardinals, Burrow when he was hurt, P.J. Walker, like Lamar Jackson's going to be a different animal today, right? No question, and they're going to have to do a really good job of stopping that run. Now, they only give up 3.6 yards per carry, and the longest run against Seattle this year is 25 yards. You know what the interesting thing about Baltimore is this year? We talk about Munkin and how he's changed the offense and yada, 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 all that stuff. They still rank 30th in passing attempts, okay? They're still a run-based team. And if you can get them into a drop-back pass game and see what you can do, but why don't they get there, Stormy? Why? Because they're in front. They're up 62-13, you know? And look, I think if you would just know anything, if, you can, if Seattle can stay attached early, they'll be in this game in the fourth quarter. I was amazed at two stats when I was looking up Baltimore. A, that... That the great and you know this. We talked about it on the show during the week. You know that with Jason uh, Justin Tucker is one for four over fifty yards, and the great Odell Beckham, who's soon headed to the Hall of Fame. He's got fourteen catches for eleven point six yards along the thirty-two and no touchdowns. But you know you're only paying eighteen million a year. What do you need? The legend, the legend, Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) Okay, so Ravens to win for my teaser, but the plus six and a half feels like a good side potentially taking. In the points with How do you Seattle. Turn it? It, it seems like a trap, doesn't it? Like, they want you to do it. Like, why? It just feels like a trap. It's a trap. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. And if you were looking at those betting splits you saw a lot of money on the under in today's game in Germany between the Chiefs and Dolphins which at least early Michael appears to be the right side in the second quarter Casey still up seven nothing from that opening drive but since then we've got a combined seven punts between the Chiefs and Dolphins which this I did not anticipate yeah, neither did I. But I'll tell you what, Kansas City's done a really good job of forcing Tua to move in the pocket, getting in front of him, making him make some difficult throws. Even when he's had an opportunity to throw it down the field, he just hasn't been as sharp. Uh, field position has really kind of hurt the Chiefs in this game. They haven't been able to get good field position, and they haven't been able to get sustainability in their drives. I mean, the Miami front has put pressure on them. So this will be this. This is kind of one. They're backed up with their own five. They're going to need to kind of get something going here a little bit because at some point Miami will score and break the dam and and it's going to be critical because remember Kansas City got the ball to start the first half start the game so what you don't want to do is is not score is not add to this lead and then give Miami the ball back and then let them double dip on you so I think this is going to be a really important drive and you know Mahomes has been screaming for pass interference calls he and Andy on the sideline and they haven't gotten one usually Mahomes has that flag that he can throw at any time whenever he needs a <laughs> He's not getting it today. Yeah, the, the, it's the team color, right? He always has one on deck. Nobody even realizes that it's his. It just floats on out there. Uh, he was five, yep. five of six for 71 yards and a touchdown on that opening drive, connecting with Rashi Rice to get things going. Four of eight cents for just nine yards. So he's going to yeah. have to put something together here. They are currently a four and a half point favorite on the live line. Total, we remember we talked about this off the top, was 51 to start, now sitting 42 and a half. 
Yeah. I mean, it's coming down. But look, they're both defenses are playing well. This this Miami front is starting to play really well with Julian Phillips back in there. Van Ginkle, Chubbs playing better. Their inside people have always been good. Wilkins, you know, they're good front. And David Long gives them speed in the middle. He was a good addition to their team because he gave them more more uh, sideline to sideline speed. Holland's a really good safety. They're good down the middle. I mean, this Miami defense shouldn't be as bad as they were earlier in the year. And I think they have turned the corner in terms of fitting into what Vic Fangio wants to do and playing the style that he wants to play. It's not easy to move the ball. And I mean, when you go through what Andy's been able to do against them, you know, when he was the head coach at Denver, it was always a little bit of a struggle. Now, eventually they wore it down. They found out how to adjust it out. But this is what they're going to have to do on this drive here yeah and Kansas City with uh, some rough starting field position out there deep in their own territory so we'll keep an eye on this game as it goes on again seven nothing currently where things sit right now Kansas City with the lead how about the the Houston Texans today they find themselves in the favorites mm. role for the second week in a row last week against Carolina obviously did not work out for them with the Panthers getting their first win in cover of the season but today laying two and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers total in this one sitting 40. You know, I, I think Stroud has been really impressive as a rookie. One interception in one game in, in, in all the games so far this season. But the last three weeks, I think the league has kind of figured it out. Now, the problem he gets into is no Damon Pierce today, but they haven't been able to really run the football effectively. And it puts the burden really on them. Uh, you know, and so what happens is they've had 20 attempts rushing all year, less than three. I mean, he's only he's not a runner with the football. He runs it about three times per game. So if they don't have that running game going, it's challenging. In the last three weeks, he's averaged 6.83 yards per play. And, you know, he's protected the ball, but they haven't been able to score a lot of points. And that's really the issue. I, and I think that's going to be what's happened. Now, Mayfield's a different, a different player, right? He's 4-9 and nine against the spread on the road. You know, he's got the second worst quarterback ATS uh, of the 217 quarterbacks. So this is one of those, yeah, I know Stroud's not playing well, but how do you take Mayfield the way he's playing? They've got weapons offensively. I think the difference in this game, too, from last week is Vita Vey, right? Yep. Vita Vey will allow them to play better defense. I mean, this is a team that stops the run and puts pressure inside. And I think Bowles will do a good job in that area. Yep. Technically listed as questionable, but according to all reports, he's going to play. Uh, dealing with a groin was a game time decision last week, unable to get out there onto the football field. But you said it, Bucks are a different defense when he's not there, one of the best disruptors in football. Uh, as for Baker Mayfield, though, I want to go back to him a little bit, Michael, because maybe I'm crazy, but like watching him on Thursday night against Buffalo, I felt like the effort and will to get his team over the, like, I felt like it was there from him. He had 237 seven yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I felt like that was one of the better performances in a loss from him last week. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you know, the one thing about Baker is is he leaves plays on the field. That's what really you worry about. I mean, he gets too many balls tipped at the line. He's got a chance for throws down the field. And, you know, it's really a problem. And so, you know, there's no consistency with, with what he's been able to do. And that's yeah. one of the things that bothers you. And he can get the – look, Mike Evans is really legitimate. I mean, Mike Evans can make plays all over the field. But you got to get him the football. And I think that's one of the things they have been able to do so far this year is get the ball consistently earlier in the year they did but consistently get the ball to Mike Evans I mean they should be able to because you can throw the ball on this secondary you can throw the ball on the secondary of, of the Houston Texans but you're going to have to protect the football and you're going to have to make plays in the passing game I think that's going to be the key and Baker can't have negative plays he can't get the ball tipped he's got to do what he did in these games where he runs with it a little bit makes some plays plays, converts some first downs with his feet, but he's got to give Godwin and uh, Evans a chance to make some plays for him by being accurate with the football. With the recent losses for Tampa and how New Orleans seemed to have woken up last week, who's the best team in the NFC South right now? Is it is it officially like firmly planted that it's New Orleans now, especially seeing Atlanta having to make the quarterback change? You know, I'm not sure it's not Atlanta. You know, I mean, Atlanta has moved the football effectively. I mean, they went into Tampa. That game was three fumbles by Ritter, which really affected them. So I just think to me that this is still wide open. I don't trust the Saints. You know, I don't trust the right, Saints. Yeah. 
you know, let's remove Carolina. We were wrong on them, both you and I yeah. both. And at Tampa, I think this is really a playoff game for Tampa today because they've got to really find a way to get themselves back into the conversation or else it's just going to be Atlanta and New Orleans. And I, th- I still think Atlanta has a lot of talent. I really do. Yeah, and it's it's definitely compact there at the top with the four and four, three and four teams. Interesting to see who will pull away. Unfortunate for Carolina. We play on Wednesdays here on the program. We do a little why not Wednesday looking at long shots that might make you intrigued to take a shot. And I threw out the 65 to one on Carolina since the back end of their season. It, that was an absolutely not. We're not, we can't hop on that bandwagon. I mean, well, it's not even a big no. bag. We can't hop on that that runaway train is probably the better way to put it. No, um, that is a runaway train. Although, <laughs> you know, Stormy, I know your your husband is a Carolina Panther yes, fan. He is. And I don't but there is a ton of money coming in on everybody likes the Panthers today against the Colts. Well everybody and every you know Frank Reich it, would love to get of, that win against Indy. You know it. Right. And are they going to be better offensively? Everybody, I, I mean, because Thomas Brown took over the play call and everybody just assumes, that, I mean, they were a little better last week, but I didn't see like a noticeable difference against them. And look, I get Carolina's not very good offensively right now. I mean, defensively, excuse me, New Orleans is not very good defensively right now, but wow, I, I, I don't know. This is a tough one for me. I, I, this is, I stayed away from this one. I, I know the line was two and a half. It's moved to mm-hmm. two now. I don't trust the Panthers. I really don't. Well, you you can't. I did take the Colts in the contest this weekend. My husband did shoot me a note that said, hate to break it to you, Panthers going to win. So we'll see if he's right or I'm right in this spot. But a little family feud going on, Stormy, bit. huh? Well, he's all... Did you t- he's why got would all the- you tell him that you took him? I mean, just like, you know... Well, it's when like, I'm out of town, he's my proxy. He has to submit them for oh, me in the contest. Oh, I got it. I got but, it. But for Carolina, like you do wonder if maybe last week finally getting that taste of victory and having things work out for you on the walk-off field goal, if maybe that could be a springboard against a team that isn't exactly top tier in the NFL right now in Indianapolis. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't have enough faith in Carolina, but you do know that Frank Reich, in terms of like a motivation standpoint, he is definitely going to do everything in his power to get a win against a team that let him go last year. Here's how, here's how messed up it is. Last week, Carolina had 224 yards total, total. Like because Thomas Brown called plays, everybody said it was great. The week before against Miami, they had 296 against the lions. They had 342. You know, against Seattle, they had 378. Like, they've moved the ball better. But last week, because Brown call plays, everybody said it was great because he threw it on first down. Like, that's really going to be the key denominator on being good. I, I don't get it sometimes. I really don't. Now, look, I thought Carolina played really good defensively last week. I mean, Houston couldn't move the ball either, even though they outgained Carolina in that game by five yards. The only way I'll be afraid of Carolina is if they score more than 20 points because crazy stat, when an opponent goes over that number, Gardner Minshew's 1-16 straight up. That blew my mind. But do you think Carolina can get there? I don't know. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. That's V-S-I-N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Continuing to get you set for all things Week 9 in the NFL. Chiefs-Dolphins currently in action overseas with the Chiefs leading 7-0 and driving just over the 20-yard line now, so in the red zone, see if they can get something done here because Michael and I are both sweating Kansas City. One of your best bets today was Chiefs minus two. I have them on the money line in the account, and no flags. Looks like they're about to get another touchdown on the board there with Jarek McKinnon getting into I the like end zone. I like that zones. you're a play ahead so. of me, but only I like it when it's good news. Oh, I like it when it's good flag. news. I don't like it when it's... Dang it. I, maybe I spoke too soon. I didn't I didn't see the play as it developed, so I don't know what the flag is. Holding defense. Let's go. All right. We're good. Penalty is declined. We're on the board, yes. baby. Yes. I mean, this is interesting. I, that's why it's with the streaming, it's always hard to figure out whether you got it right or not. You know, so look, I, I, the one thing about quarterbacks that you see, Mahomes has got that kind of look to him. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like you could see that, that, that. Look, I'm sure this will be a game in the fourth quarter and there's no gimmies and he could easily lose. But there's a sense of. It's there's a purpose here. I mean, it's got like Brady used to have the same thing when it gets, you know, you got to have it. The rest of the team rallies around it. And this is a game where when you go through Mahomes' numbers during the year, where he's had a lot of drop balls, where he's gotten hit too much, you know, he's playing really well. He's playing really well. The problem has been that the supporting cast hasn't played as well. Today, they've taken Kelsey out of the game and the supporting cast is playing really well. So that's going to be critical. Now, you know, here's the game coming up. We're in the middle eight, and we know that, you know, the Miami Dolphins will get the ball here. They've got to, they got to do something with the ball. They can't punt it back to Kansas City. And if they can get some points here and then get some points to start the second half, they can play catch-up with Mahomes on the sideline. A little bit like yesterday. I mean, did you watch the Colorado game? Colorado has a chance to kind of go into halftime down 7-3, to three. They don't do it, and next thing you know, that Oregon State's up fourteen to three. So, you know, I, I, this is such an important time of the middle eight, and it's a lot of it is to play calling, is to understand how to call the game. And when you call a pass like Colorado did, you know, and I know Dion said, well, we had some drops on that. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you call passes. There are drops. If you run it, there's no the clock's not going to stop. Yep, and that ended up being the difference in the game for Colorado yesterday. And the extra point is up and good. So Kansas City with a 14-0 lead now, minus 9.5 on the live line. That total still in the 42-43 range right now, live. Um, let's keep going through the board. 9.5, for- wouldn't you be tempted to take Miami right now, Stormy? I mean... Well, especially based on what you just said, right? The fact that they're getting the ball back here. They're going to have it kicked off to them to start the second half. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's I mean, reasonable. It's that margin's to large. Go. They've got, 
They've got two timeouts, 231 to go. If they're smart here when they get the ball to start this drive, they kind of get a possession run to let the clock get down to two minutes. There's no need to rush. There's no need to rush. You're going to have the ball first and 10 at the 25. No need to rush. Let that get a control pass, get some kind of positivity. Let that clock go down to the two-minute warning and then slowly get into your two-minute. Like there's, there's all different levels of two-minute. It isn't just we're hurrying up, right? There's a pace of two-minute. There's a slower, a moderate, a faster two minute and I think that's what you want to do what you can't do is punt the ball back to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes before the half and with that catch from Jalen Waddle already at midfield here on this drive so they are putting some things together and mind you Tyree Kill Michael said on his podcast earlier this week he was going to have around 12 catches for 250 yards he was calling his shot a little bit saying he's going to get involved in the offense only three catches for 27 yards right now so you know he's going to be hungry against his former team that traded him away in 2022 let's keep it rolling here though the Browns we talked about them earlier Michael we saw them at an eight-point favorite moved up all the way to 13 13 and a half at some spots against the Arizona Cardinals total 38 Browns a a great defense we know but who knows what's going to show up on offense any given day we do at least understand it's going to be Deshaun Watson starting that's what moved this number and a fade of the rookie on the other side Clayton Toon yeah, I mean, look, the, the, when you go through this this Arizona offense, the first three games, they were 11th EPA per play. They were 15th in success. Dobbs was 17th EPA. That's when they had Connor. When they've lost Connor, now they're 29th in EPA. They're 23rd in offensive success rate. And Dobbs became 24th of 26 quarterbacks in terms of completion percentage and, and EPA. So it's been bad. It hasn't really happened because he's had to take the responsibility of carrying the offense. And when you look at their defense, they have the lowest pressure rate of any team in the league, 14.8. They allow the most first downs of any team in the league. They allow the most uh, uh, expected points per, per play, 31st. And the, the offenses have the best success against them. So that's why this number is all just keeps going up. You know, and it was, all, it was at seven and a half with P.J. Walker, which we know is like, are you sure you want to go with that number? So, you know, but it keeps going up and up and up. How are they going to move the football with Clayton Tune? I don't know. You know, that's going to be the biggest challenge. Can they stop this Browns? Can they stop the Browns offense from just running the ball? Like to me, Stefanski's got to play this game very conservatively because you don't want to give them a chance, you know, and, and, and just basically kind of get that lead, play from in front, milk the clock, knowing that they're not going to score more than 10 points on you. I just wonder because we know in the NFL, you're not going to make a lot of money if you're laying double digit spreads on a week in week out basis with a low total game like this at 38. Are we getting a little too out of hand with this being near that two touchdown mark? That's my one question. And, and we've seen rookies have success in their debuts every now and then. Like, obviously I'm I'm not expecting a Will Levis esque performance in game one for Clayton tune out of Houston, but you don't have a lot of tape on him to this point fans have been very interested to see him out there on the football field could maybe he provide a little bit of a spark for that struggling offense I don't know you know I I, I'm sure he probably they feel comfortable with him because they've watched him practice but somebody's got to pick up the slack right they've got to be able to find a way to get the ball moving and you know take some of the pressure off of them they're not a good third down team they're not a good third down team on defense they're not a good third down team on offense so it becomes really challenging and and you know they have struggled to really throw the football effectively the last two weeks they've thrown for 300 yards per I mean they've actually run the ball against Seattle and they ran the ball against Baltimore, but they, they're, they've struggled to throw the football effectively with any consistency yeah. and gain first down. So to me, I, I think it's going to be a real challenge. I, I think it'll be a challenge for them to move the ball. If they get to 10, can they get to 14 points? I, I mean, when you play this game in your head, you know, that 12 and 13 and a half seems too much for me because just say Cleveland scores 24, you know, that means they got to hold them to 10. I think they can do that, but I think that's harder. 
on the season. Arizona one and seven. Their updated season win total three and a half. Bad offensively, bad defensively, especially in the second half of games. And you reference some of those passing numbers, moving the football. 28th ranked passing attack, 26th in scoring. It has not been good. Now we talk about that rookie quarterback, Michael. As of today, with he and Vikings quarterback Jaron Hall, the rookie out of BYU, starting. We will have nine rookie quarterbacks who have started a game Mm. here through the first nine weeks of the season. The NFL record for a full season is nine. Yeah. And it's not over yet, right? I mean, look, we got Aiden O'Connell. He started a game already. Should have started two. He should have started against Chicago. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's over. And the way we're protecting quarterbacks... You know, it's it's very challenging. And so even some of the quarterbacks that are good are getting hurt. So that's a problem. And, uh, you know, it's it's a hard thing to do to as a rookie to come in there and handle everything at the line of scrimmage, get you in the right play. That's why what C.J. Stroud has done is really good. You know, I'm looking at the board this morning, Stormy. And that buck line and Houston line, it, it gets to three and there's a ton of buyback on 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 Tampa at three. And it gets to two and a half and it goes back to Houston to three. It's these lines today are just insane. And the Washington line, the same thing. I mean, it gets up to three and a half, then it goes to three. Now, now they're expecting it to go to two and a half. So if you if you like New England, wait. It's probably gonna go to two and a half, but if you like if you like Washington, you better get that three right now before it's gone. Michael, I need you to look over to the corner of the television screen because you're about to see something absolutely amazing. So I don't know if it's if it's coming through on your end just yet, but you talk about the importance of the I middle eight. <laughs> I got it. There you go. <laughs> we talk about wow. the importance of the middle eight and what Miami had an opportunity to do there before the break. Instead, wow. they turned the ball over Kansas City. I didn't see who recovered the initial fumble ends up lateraling the ball to Cook, who wow. takes it the length of the field in the end zone. Kansas City scores once again. I don't see any yellow flags on the football field. So what a play, what awareness to get the lateral and have it just take down the the, the sideline. Unbelievable out there in Germany for Kansas City to this point. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.